0: Welcome to the Neighbourhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighbourhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Hey, thank
1: you for joining us tonight. This is an exciting evening in the life and ministry of the neighborhood church. And I'm going to uh, invite the Reverend Jordan McClellan to come and join me. Pastor Jordan uh, has rejoined our staff as a senior ministry associate. So get excited at home, get excited here. We are just really looking forward. Thank you. Uh, To your ministry and time with us. Tell us a little bit about uh, your family. My recollection serves me right. You left us as two and you're coming back as four. So never leave here because you'll leave as eight.
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, my wife, Nicole, uh, we have two daughters, uh, Zara and Jovi. Zara is four years old, Jovi is one and a half, and uh, they're currently tuning in and uh, watching us tonight.
1: So, so remind me and, and, and welcome uh, to your entire family. Glad you are back. And uh, you got all moved in, or you're mostly moved in, or your quarter moved in? Or... I
2: think
1: we're 60, 70% there. we good. still had a
2: couple late nights, but it's been good. <laughs> good.
1: Well, life will return to normal at some point. Um, when did you leave us?
2: 2015.
1: 2015. So five years, you had the privilege of serving... Uh, the Good Church Soul Sanctuary in Winnipeg and you've come back with a little richer
2: toolkit now did you
1: learn something over there?
2: I think so yeah yeah, yeah. Good. I worked as the adult ministry pastor at Soul and uh, it definitely stretched my leadership skills and uh, I obviously did a lot of preaching still worked with life groups leading life groups leading staff leading teams I even became uh, fairly administrative over the whole process so it might get scary around here uh, seeing me this time around. Well, so.
1: I don't think that'll scare very many of us. <laughs> we uh, it, It's hard to have too much of that. So we are really, really glad you're back with us. Glad and, to be here. Uh, we're just believing with you that this will be a season of great fruitfulness and great effectiveness. And uh, so as a church, we bless you. Thank you. And we bless Nicole. We bless your girls. Yeah. And just ask that you will immediately feel loved and welcomed here and preach your heart out. Now, apparently, Edgar's little guy gets really mad I and heard angry that. Yeah, that was if great. there's no sermon. So give us a sermon, <laughs> okay. would you? And take your mask off so we'll they there. can see you. Thank
2: you. All right. Thank you. Well, good evening. Uh, My name is Jordan, as obviously was mentioned a minute ago. And uh, it's just great to be back here at the Neighbourhood Church with everyone. Uh, We got in on Thursday, and uh, we're fairly moved into our place. Uh, Moving during a pandemic uh, can bring about some challenges that I probably haven't experienced in past moves, and likely probably because I have two little ones this time around. But it's been good. We're excited. We're feeling settled. And we're just excited to be back here at the Neighbourhood Church with all of you. And so tonight we're going to continue in our series, More Than a Holiday, as we take a look at the Christmas story. And tonight we're going to take a closer look at the shepherds and uh, really just how they reacted to the good news in which they received. And we're celebrating the theme as we lit the candle already tonight of joy. And so that's gonna flow in tonight with what we look at in the scriptures. But before I begin, allow me to talk for a second about expectations. I think it's fair to say that as people, we all have expectations. When you woke up today, you expected the sun to rise, I believe. Um, when you turned on the water in, sorry, when you turned on your shower this morning, you expected there to be water and hopefully hot. You know, in my opinion, I think that's the way it should be. Uh, when you turned the key in your ignition this morning, you expected your vehicle to start, right? Uh, Chevy users, just go along with the illustration here, okay? But uh, you know, I, I think we all have expectations. When you drove to work, you expect people to follow the rules of the road, right? Four-way stops, signals, uh, use, you, you know yield properly. I I know none of you get mad when you drive, okay? So I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything like that. Uh, When a winter storm dumps a huge pile of snow on your city, I think you expect the plows to show up, right? Right? Okay, probably too soon for that, I know. That that, that winter storm actually kind of delayed us looking for a house there just a few weeks ago. But the truth of the matter is just this, is that life, in life, we are full of expectations, and we all have them, Each and every one of us has them. If we're honest, our expectations even extend beyond inanimate objects and into our relationships with one another. We have expectations of our spouses. We have expectations of our families, of our in-laws, of our friends, of our children, right? I expect that my daughters are going to quit hiding all my stuff on me at some point in life, right? Uh, Our neighbors, we have expectations, and there's no denying this. And this leads us into this current season that we find ourselves in called Advent, the season of expectation, because Advent at its heart is the season of expecting the arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And Advent is an entering into the holy practice of confessing, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Which culminates in the wonder of Christmas and in the incarnation. Advent is about learning to wait learning how to hope, and learning to expect. And so with all that in mind today, let's read our text. If you have a Bible and you want to open it, or just follow along with me, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and let's read this portion of Scripture tonight. It says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, In our modern world today, we find ourselves in that tension between the, the truth that Jesus is here and has arrived, but we also wait for his return. And in some ways, we find ourselves in a similar situation as the ancient Israelites did in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, praying for God to return. You see, waiting, I don't know about you, but waiting for me isn't always easy, um, how many of you just love waiting in line in a store? You just get great joy out of that, right? You just enjoy being in line. You, you, you like staying there. It's a good time. How many of you like being in drive through and you thought it was going to be five minutes, ended up taking you 15, 20? Um, the worst is probably when they play this weird elevator music and keep you on hold on the phone. That, that's probably the one that ticks at me the most. But waiting at times, I think it's fair to say, can frustrate us. It can kind of, you know, we can kind of grow tired of it. Um, Thomas Earl Petty once saying that the waiting is the hardest part. And I think there's some truth to that. That waiting isn't something that comes natural to us. But that, you know, there's a tension that we have in the middle of that. And the Messiah was someone in these days who was hoped for, longed for, and prayed for. And not always with God's intention in mind. You see, everyone had their own version or idea of who Messiah would be and what Messiah would look like. The nation of Israel in these days where we read the Christmas story, that nation was tired of being oppressed and mistreated by a brutal empire of the day. And so in the minds of many, the Messiah that they'd hoped for, longed for, and waited for would be a Messiah who would come and put the nation of Israel back into their place of authority and to conquer their enemies and to overthrow the ruthless empire of the day and be the political Messiah that they'd wanted and that they'd hoped for. And this was what they had expected. This is what many had expected to see when the Messiah was going to appear. And then the Messiah shows up, but perhaps not how they or really anyone was expecting. And this is a truth that we see so often, I believe, in Scripture. That God shows up in unexpected ways. God shows up in unexpected ways, and so they're hoping for God's return And then God decides to act. And so how does God decide to show up on the scene? Well, here's how it goes. He sends his son, Jesus, through Mary, a virgin, a 14-year-old girl. Nothing about her was out of the ordinary. But God said that she was favored. And as she found out quickly, favor with God was not necessarily the same thing as favors from God. But her and Joseph, their plans were going to be interrupted and they were going to have to flee, and they were going to have to protect themselves, and they were going to have to protect their baby. And there was, like, there was no red card, carpet laid out for them in this whole thing. It was likely a time full of stress and all sorts of troubles along the way. And we see it all come to fruition in the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, sometimes I think we have to caution because sometimes I think when we read the Christmas story, we have a tendency to read something that, yeah, yeah, I've read that before. You know, we do this every year and we make our associations and we make a few points about this whole thing. But I fear that when we do this, we can sometimes limit what it, what it is that God wants to say to us in this season of Advent. And I believe that every time we look at the scriptures, that God wants to just really renew our hearts and our minds afresh in him. And so preaching through the Christmas story can sometimes feel like a routine or something that we just do once a year. And if we're careful, I think if we're not careful, sorry, I think we can approach it with a, yeah, I've heard that before kind of idea, right? Joy to the world. Yay. Right. And uh, we we just kind of go through it. We just kind of walk through this season of life. Because this is a pretty famous story. I'm sure that many of you have heard it before and are familiar with it. And it, I think it sometimes can help us lose it, or cause us to lose the profound richness of this narrative. It can become common in a place where it doesn't surprise us anymore. Think about things in life that once, brought you, that once surprised you or brought you to wonder. Time after time, and after time, they simply just became Common. Think about a time when you visited a new city. I know, I know, I know, I know. Everyone wants to get back to that, right? But just think way back when, when traveling was kind of a thing, okay? But you visited a new city, and there was this wonder when you got off the train or off the airplane or when you got downtown, you saw the lights, you saw the water, you saw the mountains. I don't know where you were. Just pick a setting, right? And you were filled with wonder, and you were just amazed at what you saw all around you. And then you stayed there for a while, you stayed there for a week or two, and by the end of it, it just was kind of common, right? You were sort of used to it. Maybe you were even thinking about getting back home. And what happened in that moment? Because I can guarantee you one thing, this city didn't change. But maybe you did. You see, sometimes I think we have to keep ourselves in that place where we're allowed to learn, because sometimes I think we get familiar, and what once blew your mind, and what once causes you to be filled with wonder, can sometimes become commonplace. Think about how that affects your life on a day-to-day or a year-to-year basis. You know, how many of us entered into a career or study that we planned for, and we were excited at the beginning, and we had all these dreams of possibilities and whatnot, and then we just kind of, you know, became familiar with it all and settled into something and didn't really pursue those things that we once had. How many of us entered into a relationship with someone that you loved, you got married, Eventually, you allowed familiarity and a lack of wonder or surprise to allow you to just accept things for the way that they are. And living there hasn't really been everything that you hoped for. You see, when we allow the dreams and the wonder to become nothing but ordinary, we suffer not because it has changed, but because we have in the process. And so looking at the details of the story that we read here tonight, this is more than just an angel who is appearing to some shepherds, but God is being extremely purposeful and intentional with this story and what he's doing. First, the angels. Think about angels. They're often depicted as like nice fairy people up in the sky, uh, glowing in white, friendly, I remember my uh, New Testament professor back in college talking about angels, and, you know, we get this idea that if we ever saw an angel, it would just be this, you know, magical kind of, you know, Disney sort of experience, but the scriptures tell us that an angel appeared to them here, and I don't know about you, but I, I think we can romanticize this sometimes, we can romanticize this idea, and we can almost treat an angel appearing like this warm glow, where it's just Where the world stands still and we meet the angels with great joy. But the scriptures don't say that it went that way initially. But the story says that the shepherds were actually terrified at the angels appearing. And it's amazing that all of the people these angels could have appeared to, of all people that God could have sent these angels to, they chose to appear to greet shepherds, whom I'll address in a minute. Imagine the company of heavenly hosts, as Luke puts it, could have appeared to the whole world. Right? If we were, if this was if this was to happen in 2020, right? We would get the biggest influences out there. Right? We would hashtag this thing. We'd have it out on social media, every available platform. We would make this a message that would go viral and, and just trend everywhere, very, very, very quickly. But God didn't do that in this case. In fact, here it's as if God says to the angels, "I'm sending my son." to save the earth and you need to announce it starting with those shepherds in the fields over there and so who were those shepherds in the field and what was it about them that made them special you see shepherds they often get painted as nice friendly guys like you know the kind of guys who would probably help you shovel your driveway or you know mow your lawn or do something like that people who would help you out if you ever needed a favor But if we actually look at that job in the context of the scriptures, we learned that the job of the shepherd was among the lowest jobs out there, and no one would have wanted it. It's not something people would have been jumping up and down to do necessarily. You see, in the rabbinic tradition, rabbis would put shepherding in a pretty low category of work. Ideally, kids would learn the scriptures and be able to be teachers of the law as rabbis, and... um, That would be the ideal. That was the goal for most of the families. But for those who couldn't make the cut, then being a shepherd could be an option in this context and in this culture. You see, shepherds were often accused of being unclean. They were associated with those on the margins. No one would necessarily respect these people per se. They worked hard, tired, tiresome, heavy, dirty, frustrating. They worked long hours in every imaginable weather condition you could think of. All that to say that people wouldn't necessarily be jumping up and down to do this, and to do this job. Just last week in Manitoba, we hired some people to help us move out of our home, and as I sat there... And I honestly felt a bit guilty. Well, actually, maybe a little bit thankful too. But I sat there as I watched these guys lift boxes and couches and heavy dressers and all sorts of things. And they told us not to help them, so I obeyed them like a good person would, right? I made sure I didn't touch a box. But I sat there feeling half guilty and half blessed that I wasn't the one lifting everything. That I didn't have to do that job because that's a job I wasn't cut out for, believe it or not. And these are the people that God reveals the good news to first in this story. The last, the lost, and the least. Just in comparison, just so I can compare this to a famous figure of that day, Caesar Augustus, his birth was celebrated by the Senate and scholars and philosophers and poets and the high society of Rome. And Jesus' birth is witnessed and first celebrated by shepherds. Lowly shepherds at that, whose names history has forgotten. And this is who God shows up to, to declare the birth of Jesus. You see, the shepherd understood their place in this society. And yet God sent an angel to these shepherds, declaring the good news that his son had been born. And really, when you think about this, this is remarkably unremarkable. The idea that God had finally sent His Son to the earth, establishing His kingdom, this was what the prophets spoke of, and, and and the people under the law prayed for, and waited for, and hoped for. And He decides to announce this good news finally, and He chooses shepherds to tell this to. And isn't this just like God up to this point? When you think about Scripture, think about whom God uses through the Scriptures. It's never the people that you and I would likely pick. Think about David. Think about Moses. Think about the disciples and the issues that they bring. It seems like God's always choosing all the wrong people to do all the greatest things. Last week, Pastor Yasmin talked about Mary and how God used a teenage girl who on the surface seemed very ordinary, and yet God did something absolutely extraordinary through her and through her life. You see, God will not bow down to our preferences, to our comforts of who we think he should speak through and use and work through. And church family, this keeps us humble, I believe, at the end of the day. Knowing that none of us is anything before God because of what we bring to the table. But the truth is, and I'm going to say this tonight, that his grace is amazing. And it is by his grace that we are who we are. In Him, And all throughout scripture, we see that, that God shows up in unexpected ways. To those on the margins, God has a tender heart for those who are rejected, who are hopeless, who would be voted less likely to succeed by human standards. And we see this in this story for the least likely people that God chooses to declare the good news to them. And he extends his grace to them. He extends mercy to them. Author and theologian N.T. Wright says it like this. He says, the kingdom was indeed coming, but it it didn't look like how people thought it would. Yet Luke, in telling this story of the shepherds, clearly believes that it is indeed good news. Good news for the world in which emperors think they run the show, but in fact, God runs it. And God works the same way Way today as well. I think by sending the angels to lowly shepherds, God was declaring that this good news was going to be for everyone. Not just for good people, not just for certain people, not just for a certain class, but for all people. Not for a certain nation, but for all nations, so that nobody would be left out. It echoes the words that we hear Jesus say in Mark chapter 2 verse 17, when he said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And in response to, what did the shepherds do in response to this? What was their response to such an announcement that was given to them through the angels? While they rejoiced, the scriptures said. They were filled with joy, hence our week in Advent this weekend. They acted on his word, they acted on the words of the angel, and it set them on a journey to Bethlehem, and they went off to see the Messiah whom the angel had told them about. And they went to search for that sign that the angel gave them, that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And this is repeated three times in this portion I just read to you. In verse 7, in verse 12, and in verse 16. And I didn't notice that until this past week. I started reading through it, and I realized that this sign was repeated over and over and over. It's as if Luke needed to repeat this key sign in detail. That the Messiah is a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A place no one would expect to find the Messiah. You see, a manger was a feeding trough for animals. Look it up. There's nothing prestigious about it. There's nothing prestigious about being born and being placed there. And to find the Messiah, you weren't going to have to go to the palace. To find the Messiah, you weren't going to have to go to the most luxurious of accommodations. But you would go to little Bethlehem and find him in a manger. And our God becomes lowly for us. And he's attracted to the humble and to those who humble themselves. And so the shepherds took note of this. The shepherds took note of what an amazing thing this was, that they received the good news. And what did they do? They worshipped him. They worshipped God. And they didn't just keep quiet about it, but they went around and they started telling everyone about this. And they spread this message. And they spread it to every person around them, likely. And what this text, I believe, teaches us today What brings us joy in this today is just this, that the good news is for all of us, because we are all in desperate need of God's mercy and God's grace. None of us are above it. None of us are beyond it. None of us deserve it. But it is the gift of God to us. And my prayer is that we recognize it anew and afresh this Christmas. That it would be made real to us. That it wouldn't just become common. It wouldn't just be something that we know mentally but don't know experientially. I pray that we would know this in our hearts and that it would affect how we live today and tomorrow and through the season. And maybe this challenges us to see people who have been rejected, who are marginalized whom society or even perhaps some in the church have even written off, maybe it challenges us to see that this good news which you and I receive is good news for them too. That they are all, that we are all loved by God. And also for for us, I think it brings us back to seeing ourselves in light of the gospel. We are also just like anyone around us in desperate need of God's grace and his mercy and love. Martin Luther said it like this in light of how great God is and and in how uh, our current situation is. He said it like this, that before God, we are beggars. It's true. And I believe the Christmas story teaches us that God is more than willing to initiate his love even to lowly shepherds, to those on the margins, to those who are broken for you and for me. Derek Flood says it like this, Jesus models the way of God, not as one who lords it over others, but as the servant Lord and calls for us to embody that way too. You see, for some of us, I think this is your opportunity tonight to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this Christmas season. Maybe you've thought, you know, that God only cares about good people or that God only cares about certain people or maybe God only cares about people who have it all together. But what we learn as we read through the pages of Scripture is that God cares and came for all people. And maybe this is your opportunity today to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins and make him the Lord of your life. If that's you today, I want to invite you just in the comments section, on whatever platform you are, just to find a connection card. Fill it out. Let us know about the decision that you plan on making. We'd love to speak with you, meet with you, help you in any way that we possibly can in this journey of faith and following Jesus. At this time, I'm going to ask the worship team just to come forward. But for, other, for, for others of us, maybe this is more of a humbling moment where perhaps we've gotten too comfortable. Maybe we've gotten a little too trusting in our good works or our lifetime following Jesus. Perhaps you've been guilty of elevating yourself sometimes when God perhaps calls us to humility. And God is reminding us when we read stories like this to remain humble, that none of us got into the family of God because of anything we did or anything we brought to the table, but that this is good news for lowly shepherds. This is good news for people like us, people in need, and people who miss the mark off. And yet we are, we can be forgiven, loved, and accepted by Jesus And so the good news today, Neighborhood Church, is that Jesus came and he came to save you, save me, and really save us. And God comes in unexpected ways and meets us right where we're at. And so wherever you find yourself today, I believe God wants to meet with you. I believe God wants to minister to you. I I believe God wants to encourage you tonight. Wherever you're at, God is reaching out and wants to minister to whatever it is that you bring before him. And so where does today find you? Do you need to invite Jesus into your life? Do you need to perhaps stand back and just once again be amazed at his grace and all that he's done for you? Do you perhaps need to recognize the beauty of his love again for all people? I just want to encourage you this evening that God comes in unexpected ways and meets us right where we're at and that is where we find ourselves today as we look at this portion of scripture and so i'm going to ask the team just to lead us in a time of worship and i just want to invite you to bring whatever it is that god is speaking you tonight bring it to him and allow him to speak to you allow him to encourage you and allow him to just love you in jesus name worship team (laughs)
0: We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighbourhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.